Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Let's pray together, shall we? Lord, we thank you that we could be here today, this last Sunday of the old year, in your house, worshiping you, and once again coming together to look into your word together and allowing it to speak to our hearts, to change us, to do what is necessary in the depths of our beings. Thank you for your truth that sets us free. We love you, Lord. Just be in our midst this day, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, as it was the last Sunday of the year, and we're facing another new beginning, going into a new year, you always think of a new beginning, right? It's a line from a old story that says, tomorrow is a clean page with no mistakes in it yet. Yes, praise God. <laughs> so it's kind of neat, right? God gives us every, actually every new day is like that. Every new day, you know, we have a choice to walk with him and to make good choices. And he doesn't hold the past against us. So why should we hold the past against us? It's the accuser, Satan, that comes and tries to hold the past against us and remind us of our shortcomings and of our failures and of stuff. But not God, not our Savior. He always gives us a clean slate. He says he forgets our sins. He he forgives them. They're gone as far as he's concerned. And so, really and truly, every day we have that opportunity to say, okay, today is a new day, and Lord, I'm going to walk with you, and my life is going to make a difference for you. Somehow, I don't know how, I'm just available to you. And as we make ourselves available to him, amazing things take place, right? So, with that thought in mind, I um, prepared this little study for us today. We may not get through it all because there's a lot of material there. But it's, um, you can consider it your New Year's bonus. <laughs> your end of the year bonus because. <laughs> yes, you can, um, you could spend quite a bit of time uh, meditating on all the material that I gave you there. And we're going to be looking about, about how we walk. We walk through every day, don't we? We use our legs, and we can thank God we have legs to use. And um, those who have trouble walking wish they could walk without hesitation or pain. And But it's talking about our spiritual... We're, we're, we're looking at our spiritual walk, our walk with God. And our walk consists of so many things. And the Lord wants us to walk with Him, doesn't He? main thing is that we walk with the Lord. And walk includes the meanings they are continually conversant. Now, some people don't like to be continually conversant. (laughs) But when it comes to the Lord, we are continually conversant with him in some way, shape, or form. Um, How we carry ourselves and how we're we're occupied with our day, that's called our walk. And the Bible talks a lot about walking worthy, walking without spot, and undefiled, walking worthy. Now, in one sense of the word, we are unworthy. We are not worthy of God's grace and goodness and love on the one hand. And yet, on the other hand, he calls us to walk worthy. How can that be? Because he's purchased it for us. What he purchased on Calvary clothes us with his righteousness. And so because of that, we can walk worthy. That's incredible when you think about it. You know, people go around hanging their heads down and saying, oh, I'm just an unworthy worm in the earth, you know. 
Well, guess what? That's not true. <laughs> not according to the scripture. According to the scripture, we're supposed to walk worthy. And we can walk worthy and blameless and undefiled before him. And of course, as always, it takes some of our cooperation, just like we were talking about last week. God's power is there. Our willingness put together with that, that's when it happens. And so we always have that choice. And if we look into the word of God first, I, I think I gave you there verses about where it talks about walking worthy. In Genesis 17:1, when Abraham was 99 years old, none of us are, are that there yet, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. So here at 99 years old, God still had something for Abraham to do, to walk before him and be blameless. Um, God said about Job a number of times, my servant Job is blameless. So that was God's testimony of Job. That wasn't some man's uh, comment about Job. You know, if somebody says that about you, you go, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, that's how we are. <laughs> but if God says it about you, well, you better not disagree with it, right? God said it about Job. And then we have in the New Testament the story of Elizabeth and Zacharias, and it says that they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. They were walking worthy. And so we see there, which we talked about again, a little bit touched on a little bit last week, there were people who were prepared, looking for Messiah. They were walking in a way that God looked at their lives, and that was before the cross and said, these people are walking before me blameless. Well, why, how could that be? Because they had put their faith and their confidence in the God that they knew. Yeah, they didn't have the sacrifice of Jesus yet, but the part that they knew and understood, they completely believed and staked their lives on it. And that's what God is looking for us to do. Stake our lives on the truth that he has imparted to us and risk all for it if necessary. In a number of places, the Apostle Paul, and as well as Peter, when he writes to the Christians, encourage them to walk blamelessly, to walk without spot, to walk blameless. In Philippians 2, you have that verse there. It says, do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may, may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. And so there it acknowledges that the world is perverse and crooked and dark. You see, we think, you know, we tend to think that the world is worse and more crooked and more corrupt than it ever was before, but probably not. Sin is sin. It's hard as sin is a hard as sin in whatever generation it finds itself. And so here, you know, in Philippians it says, you know, yeah, we're in a perverse generation don't forget they had the idol worship and that was always connected with immorality. And so it was no less perverse than it is today. But here the, the, Paul writes to them and says that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of crooked and perverse generation. And so if it wasn't possible, the Holy Spirit wouldn't have inspired him to write it. And so that gives us, that gives us hope, that gives us courage that we can walk in the same way. And in Thessalonians we have, and may the Lord increase you and may the Lord 
make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Now there, that's a, I mean, you could spend, you could spend a whole Sunday school class just on this verse. Okay, the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all. We touched on that a little bit last week too. That God is looking for us to use the love and the the what He's our salvation, what He's planted within us, to bless the people that are already in our lives and to reach out to those who are all around us. As we do that, He expands our circle. It doesn't start by expanding our circle to some some unknown place and then coming in. It starts in, you know, just like Jesus said, um, the gospel was going to be spread first in Jerusalem, then in Judea, then in Samaria. The circle got bigger and bigger, and that's how it works in our lives, too, if we're going to be effective. It starts right where we're at, ministering to the people that God has already placed in our lives and seeing what's needed and how we can meet the needs of, of one another and work together and encourage one another, as we start to do that, God makes us the circle a little bigger and makes us effective to others. But it doesn't happen until we're effective with one another. And so that's why it's so important that we start there with the people that are already in our lives. Then the circle's going to get bigger, and then it's going to get bigger. And And it should, as our life goes on, it should keep on expanding that ripple ripple effect thing going on okay so and there's a purpose there just as we do to you so that he may establish now establish is another word you could study for a long time there's a lot the bible uses the word establish in 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 a number of places too establish you know establish talks about stability doesn't it about stability Not being, you know, well, today I'm really, you know, uh, today I'm really feeling good, and so today I'm really going to be what God wants me to be. And then the next day being like, you know, out in a zone and and not, you know, well, I, I just, I'm not where I need. No, God wants to get us to the place where it's a constant, where we're constant. He establishes us. He builds us up so that it's a steady thing that we're, we can, we can be counted on that we're not one day this way and another day that way and another day another way. And nobody knows what day, what day, what day they're on with us. That's not good. That's not good. That's how, that's how our human nature can, tends to be. Our human nature tends to fluctuate. You wake up one day, you feel good. You wake up another day, you don't feel good. Something happens, you get in a big, big stew or you have a fight with somebody or whatever. But, but God is looking to bring stability into our lives. Stability, his stability. Where no matter what happens, we know whom we have believed. And we are confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work will perfect it. And we're going to walk in that confidence, regardless of how we feel. We don't feel good, but so what? We're going we're gonna to walk in the divine health of, the, of Jehovah. We're going to say, we're going to claim our portion. We're going to, you know, and it's, is it easy? No, what I'm talking about is not easy, and it's not for the faint of heart. And God didn't call those who were, who, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't want to say it that way. That's the wrong way to say it. God calls us all. But it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a strong, it's for, you know, as we go along, it should, we should get stronger. And God wants us to be grow, right, and mature and not be weak and faint-hearted. How many times in the Bible does it say, don't lose heart and don't be faint? 
He gives power to the faint. To them that have no strength, he increases might. And he's always looking to strengthen us and to make us those strong people that we will walk with our God no matter what. Come hell, come high water, and it will come. Fight will come. Opposition will come. Discouragement will come. And we shouldn't be surprised. We have to be established. Continuing to walk in a way that's blameless. That others looking at us from the outside can not find fault. Cannot blame us for, for, for not bearing the name of our God in a way that's glorifying to him. And that's got to be our bottom line. Is this going to glorify God? Are people going to see in my life God in such a way that they'll be drawn to him? And we know, we know that when that happens, that's what, what our life is about. When, there's, when they see our life and they see there's a person that knows God in a way that I want to know God, and it draws them to him, that's, what, that's, that's where our lives really make a difference, does, isn't it? Okay, and then in Thess- again in Thessalonians later it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Here we have a promise with it as, as well. And it, it talks about our whole spirit, soul, and body being preserved blameless. So there again you have another whole, whole Sunday school lesson. Your whole spirit, soul, and body. That means that our bodies matter. You know, some people say, oh, it doesn't matter what I do to my body because it's going to die and and drop in the ground. But here it tells us our whole spirit, our whole soul, and our whole body be preserved blameless. What does that mean? Blameless. That means we have to be careful what we put in our bodies and how we treat our bodies. God is looking for us to treat them in a way that's blameless, that shows people around us that God is in us, that we're God's property. When you know something be- that belongs to someone else and it's precious to them, you be, you know, if you borrow something, did you ever borrow anything from anyone? You always kind of hesitate to do that, right? Especially if it's something precious to them. Then you think, oh my goodness, if anything happens to this, you know, you're always worried. You're always worried the whole time you're using it or whatever, whatever. Well, really, God has just loaned us our bodies and we belong to Him. And so we need to handle our bodies with the regard that God does. The same regard. The same regard that he does. We're the temple of the Holy Ghost. He's willing to come and live in our body. And so our bodies need to be preserved blameless. Just food for thought. Just keep on thinking about that for the next year as we walk into the next year. Maybe you'll treat your body differently. I don't know. Anyway, he who calls you is faithful who will also do it. This is the good part. There's a promise here that our faithful God, he will, you know, we can't do, we can't, we can't walk with God and be blameless. We know that. But we can because of this. He who calls you is faithful who also will do it. He comes and lives inside of us as we're born again believers. And he says, I'll, I'll do it for you if, you if you'll allow me, if you'll ask me. And our part is to ask. And we, the good news is we can come every day. He doesn't get tired of us asking. You know, we, th- we have the mentality, well, I already asked the Lord, you know, a couple of times for that. So 
you know, I don't want to push my luck. I don't want to, I don't want to. And, and that's so not God. That's so not God. God is just waiting for us to say, Lord, today, here I am. Come and, and live in me and move in me and breathe in me and use me today. He's faithful. He will do it in us. Whatever it is we need done, whatever the need may be, wherever the lacks may be, God is willing, but we have to ask for his, we have to incorporate him into, invite him into the situation each and every day. And so may we do it more in, in 2008. In Timothy, we have Paul writing to him saying, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Again, we see here, it's not a, a, it's not a wimpy affair we're a part of. It's not a wimpy life. It's fighting. It's laying hold of, yes. to which you were also called, and confess the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you, in the sight of God, who gives life to all things, and before Christ Jesus, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless, until our Lord Jesus Christ's appearing. And in all of these verses, you see we have the thought of that continuance. Until he comes, walk blameless. Until he comes, until he comes. He's going to be looking for those who continue, who continue. And that's hard. The perseverance is hard. You know, anything you want to do, if you want to... You want to lose weight, it takes perseverance. You have to keep going. You have to keep working at it. If you want to stop smoking, you have to keep working at it. You have to keep going. You have to keep trying. Any habit, any new habit, if you want to start exercising, you, ha- you have to be persistent. You have to keep at it. Persist- and we don't like that. That's not, that's not a human nature thing that we go, oh, yay. <laughs> no, that's hard. And you know what? It's, we have to apply it to to our Christian walk too, to our spiritual life too. It takes some discipline and some work that's, you know, not just going to happen. It's not just going to fly in on in the window one morning because we woke up and it was our day. No, no, it's going to take continual discipline, continual reading of the Word, meditating on the Word, walking in the Word, inviting the Lord into the day, asking Him to walk with us. And it takes that. And when repenting, when we fall, when we stumble, bowing and saying, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me, cleanse me, stand me up again, keep me going, keep walk, keep working on me, keep changing me. It takes that continuance, that continuance in relationship, you know. Even in our world, in relationships, we see how relationships are just thrown away. Just It's easier to throw away a relationship than it is to stay in it. Right? It is. It's true. But with God, we want to. We got to keep on, keep on, keeping on. Hallelujah. Okay, there in Peter, the beloved, looking forward to these things. Be diligent. See, there's that diligence thing again. To be found of Him in peace, without spot and blameless. Again, it takes diligence. You can't stay in peace without, without the, without God, without being diligent, without feeding your, yourself something from God's word each day that's not happening it's just like if you don't eat if you don't eat eventually what happens at all if you don't eat at all for a few days you get weak right first you get weak right eventually eventually if you don't eat right yes you do it's true well guess what you have a spirit man who lives inside of you and if you don't feed it if you don't feed it God's word, if you don't feed it 
by, by walking in the spirit and by seeking God's face, guess what? That spirit man is going to wither. And eventually, if you keep it up, it's going to die. That's the truth, of, the truth of the matter. And so it has to be continually fed. We have to continually be putting ourselves in a place where we can walk in a way that's healthy, that glorifies God, and that, I like to always say, that shouts to the world that God lives in us. Where people see it so loud, where our lives, our actions speak so loud that they don't need to hear what we say. doesn't matter. <laughs> our words, our lives should speak so loud that they can see God in us in a, in, a, in a powerful way. And then we have these scriptures. The next set of scriptures I have there for you are about, about walking worthy. Up to this point, we've been looking at the word blameless. But now we just have a few that talk, where Paul talks about walking worthy, actually puts those two words together. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling where which you were called, in lowliness, in gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. See, you see, the, you see the repeated thing? Bearing with one another in love. That's how we walk worthy. We continue to bear with one another, not just tolerate one another, but walk... The, the page has a, on the back... Some, they're printed on the back as well as the front. I see some of you looking for <laughs> where we're going. <laughs> Okay. Walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And I want to tell you, you meditate on that verse for a little bit. That's a lifelong, that's a lifelong job right there. Right there, lifelong job. All right, and then in Colossians we have... For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may have a walk worthy of the Lord. Again, it won't, if, it wouldn't, it wasn't in the, if it wasn't in the word, we'd say it's not possible, but there it is again. Fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. I'm telling you, each one of these phrases you can, you can dwell on and meditate on for a long, long time. And in Thessalonians, we have that you walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And then in 2 Thessalonians, therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness in the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you and him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Revelation, you have a few names in Sardis who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Wow. Don't you want that to be your own personal testimony when the Lord sees you? <laughs> yeah, you walked with me in white. You were worthy. Hallelujah. It's possible. It's possible. It's not out of grasp. It's what God wants for us. And so we have a new year before us, and we have new opportunities to set ourselves like a flint to, to say, this year. You know, people make these, these resolutions, which it, in some ways sometimes you think it'd almost be better not to. <laughs> uh, if you're not going to keep it, you know, don't make a promise if, if you're not going to keep it. But as far as God's concerned, it's a good thing. It's a good thing to say, I'm going to walk with God a little closer this this year. You know, if if 
when, when you walk with a person, if you're walking with them, you have to kind of keep, you know, alongside of, right? That's the idea here. God doesn't just send us off on our own into a new year and say, well, I'll see you in 2009. Have a good time. <laughs> no. No, God says, come on, you know, if you allow me, I'll, I'll come alongside you. I'll walk along with you. I'll come right inside you if you let me. Hallelujah. But again, it's our desire. It's our willingness. And so we have to keep on, keep on inviting him in and allowing him to make the changes that are needed in our lives. We all need him to change us. And as he walks with us, suddenly we realize, oh, Lord, maybe you don't want me to do that anymore. Maybe you want me to do this. And we make little adjustments. And we allow him to guide our walk, where we're going, how we're going, when we're going. And as we do that, he grows us and he matures us and he makes our life a blessing and more fruit, more understanding. Before you know it, we are walking worthy and we are walking in a way that just glorifies him all over the place. In our walk, of course, the first step is salvation. I have that for you there. And the Bible talks a lot about not walking in darkness, but walking in light. In John, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And we don't want to walk in darkness. You know, there's some choosing to do when we, when we walk, isn't there? I, I know James, he walks all over the place, doesn't he? God bless him. And maybe some of you walk a little bit more than others. Well, when you go to take a walk, you have to make a choice which way to go, don't you? And where to turn and where not to turn. And, and uh, you have some choices to make. Well, in our walk with the Lord, we have, we have many choices to make, don't we? And, you know, we could say, well, I was, I was tempted so bad. Well, where were you walking? Where, where, where did your feet take you? If they took you into place, if you, if you, if you just went to where there's darkness and you know there's darkness... Well, you see, you have a choice to make. You have a choice to make. In order to walk worthy, we have to walk away from the places that we know darkness is. And we do know. We're not stupid people. We know where temptation lies for us. We know where Satan's traps are. We do know. And we have to make a determination to turn and to walk away from that. Proverbs talks a lot about that. We have a choice to make, and that's our part. And we can't blame God and say, well, the temptation was too great because I was over here and I was uh, surrounded by all these evil. Well, it, it, get out of there. What are you doing there? Get out of there. M move those feet. Move them out of the path of darkness. Get them away from there. And we have to continually, there will be temptations from now until the day God calls you home or comes in the clouds of glory. And we just have to make a decision <laughs> that we are going to avoid the places where we are tempted and where darkness is and where Satan's power is and where we feel um, surrounded. Sometimes, you know, we have to make a choice. Sometimes those are hard choices to make, but we have to make them if we're going to walk worthy and pleasing in God's sight. Then Jesus said to them later on in John, A little while longer the light is with you. Walk while you have light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. 
And then in 1 John, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. Hallelujah. So that's the place we want to walk, right? Not in darkness. Not with friends who are are full of the world and dragging us down and, and tempting us to sin. But we want to walk in the light as he is in the light. In order to do that, we have to search out people that love the same things we love, that love him. We have to have fellowship with God's people. And it's true not that we should exclude ourselves from the ungodly. We need to be a witness and to let our light shine. But if we're, you know, Psalm 1, did you ever read Psalm 1? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the way of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. There's a progression there. You start walking with the, with the ungodly, pretty soon you're standing, and pretty soon you're sitting. And you're comf- sitting indicates you're comfortable. Now you're getting comfortable with the ways of the ungodly. And you know what happens? You think you're going to influence them. But you know what? It works the other way around. They influence you and they drag you down. And so it's not that we're not supposed to have any contact with them because that's not how Jesus lived. Jesus went into their homes. Jesus sat with with sinners and talked with them. But always there was a change. Whenever Jesus went and and was in the company of the publicans and sinners or went into someone's home, Zacchaeus, for instance, he said, Zacchaeus, you come down here. He was up in the tree. He wanted to get a peek at Jesus. When And Jesus knew he was up in the tree. He said, you come down here, I'm coming to your house. We got business to do. But Zacchaeus was a changed man after Jesus went to his house. Jesus didn't fall into darkness and temptation. And you understand what I'm saying to you? Our contact with people who are non-believers or where there's darkness, if God sends us there, the result needs to be there's a change. There's a difference. And if not, then we got to get ourselves out of there. Sorry. But there comes a time where we have to make that choice and walk away from the darkness and say, that's not for me. If they want a fellowship with me, they've got to come to me. They've got to come to the places where light dwells and I dwell in light. And that's the way it has to be. Praise God. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. It's a commandment, basically. It's not an option. You know, we like to have options. We like our options. We like to live, we live in a world of convenience. And everything, you know, we like it to be convenient and have, have good options. But the Bible doesn't, doesn't give us lots of options. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. In other words, that's our part. We need to find out. Lord, what is acceptable to you? Is there something in my life that's not acceptable to you? Show me. I want to walk at this 2008. I don't want to, you know, another year. The years go by fast, don't they? And the older you get, the faster they go by. Well, before you know it, we're going to be facing 2009. And unless we pay some attention and stop and think about our walk, and Lord, how can I be more pleasing to you? And take some time out and say, Lord, show me. Show me, I want to grow in this year. I want to mature. I want to be more effective for you. I want to walk in a way that's pleasing to you in your sight. Well, unless we pay some attention to it, it's not just going to happen. It takes diligence on our part. It takes an effort on our part. 
We have to want it in a way that will make it happen. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. No fellowship. And you see, witness, yes, but fellowship, no. Fellowship is for us as believers to build one another up, to encourage one another, to minister to one another's needs. Fellowship is not with darkness and unbelievers and ungodly, no. That's just for being a witness and letting our light shine, but not not for the other. So we need to see the difference there. Therefore, and this one is, is about baptism. We are buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead, just as Christ was raised from the dead. Are you, you understand those words? Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Do you understand that? That means there's a resurrection for you. That you can walk in new new life because of Christ's death and resurrection. So wherever your struggle is, whatever struggle there may be, this is a verse you can stand on and walk in in 2008. This is a verse you can walk in today. You don't have to wait for 2008. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just using that because it's New Year's. But <laughs> you can start today. There's no limit with God. He's not waiting for whatever whatever day it is that comes. Amen. Amen. In Isaiah, we have the prophecy about the future kingdom, that no lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast go up on it. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransoms of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads. I like that verse. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Hallelujah. That's what God has prepared for us. But it's our choice, our choice. We have to choose to walk there. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. You know, when you... uh, This verse always makes me think of my dad. I knew when my dad was happy and pleased with, with... the results of what, you know, we, we would put a lot of effort into stuff and work on stuff. And then I knew what pleased him. I knew, I knew when, he was, when he was happy. And I loved that. I loved to see, yeah, dad is happy. He's, he's, he's pleased, you know. That's what it's talking about. But with God, not with our earthly father, <laughs> but with God, where he's looking at us and he's going, yeah, she's getting it. All right. You know, he's getting it. All right. Come on. Keep going. That's what we want. That's the way we want to walk. They walk, O oh Lord, in the light of your countenance, where God is just smiling and saying, my child, you're walking with me. You're getting it. And, and he just keeps on as much as we'll walk with him. You know, there's no there's no ultimate. Like it's like when you go to school, you know that one day if you apply yourself, you're going to get a diploma, you know. But and in this life, of course, we're going to heaven. We'll get a diploma there. But as long as this life is, is, as long as we live this life, there's no place where we're going to say, okay, that's it, I'm done, God, you know, you, I, I don't think you have any more for me. No. Every day. Until he, like I said before, until he takes us home or he comes, breaks forth from the clouds of glory. Either one, there will always be more that, more and more that we can walk with him and more ways that we can please him and more ways that he can smile upon us. And so it's up to us to walk in the ways that are pleasing in his sight. 
Then he talks about some who didn't walk worthy. In Philippians, for many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. It's, it's serious. It's serious business. God doesn't want us in this kind of condition. Paul says, I tell you even weeping, they are enemies of the cross of Christ. And we want to set our minds, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body. And then we don't have time to go through it all. I didn't think we would, but like I said, that's your bonus for the new year. You could actually meditate on this all year long. There's enough material here, but um, I'll just touch on them a little bit. The first one is is about um, thinking about how we can walk with God a little bit more in our home and applying it. Um, The psalmist says, I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Oh, big order, isn't it? Big order. And again, that's where it starts. I will walk within my heart with a perfect heart. Walk in love. And then in Deuteronomy, it talks about teaching your children how to walk, how to walk in the way, teaching them. When you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, we, you know, we, we learned in Vacation Bible School, those of you who were part of that, how they, they, they um, kissed the mezuzah, right? Well, that was the summary of the law. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. With all. They, were to, they were to say that daily. They were to repeat that. They were to meditate on that. And we are too, to, to meditate on God's law. Walk in it. That's how we walk in it. Teach it to your children. And John says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. The older I get, the more I understand this. When you hear about somebody who... I just heard about someone recently who went, uh, the, 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 it was one of the teenagers that we had ministered to years ago, and how the fruit is, there's, there's, there's starting to be fruit in their life. Well, there's no greater joy than to hear that one of the children that you taught years ago is walking in the truth. Somebody got it. Somebody's getting it. They're growing. They're getting it. There's no greater joy than to know that somebody that you had a little bit of influence on, God put in your life, even if it was for a small time, that they got some piece of truth and they're walking in it. That's a thrill. And that's what God wants your life to be too. That as you walk along and touch different people's lives, all of a sudden they get it. The light bulb goes on and all of a sudden you see, wow, praise God, there's a difference there. There's a change there. It's not to our credit. But in a way it is, in a way it isn't, right? It is because we were faithful, and it isn't because it's about him. It's not about us. But yet he needs us to be the faithful one, to be walking in there. And so in our homes, and walk, we walk by faith, not by sight. And then in our neighborhoods, people are watching us. People are watching us in our neighborhood, how we're walking, how we're talking. You know, if we're, if the police are always coming and, and settling our brawls, well, then that's, they're watching. <laughs> I know it's an extreme example, but I wanted to get you to laugh. <laughs> but it's true, you know, they're watching. They're watching how we're walking. And then in the marketplace, in our neighborhood, there's that, I have one of the verses there is, 
Well, well uh, so hard to skip over them. I will walk among you and be your God. You shall be my people. Another one says, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. That's, that's, that's the people in our neighborhood. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. People watch how we walk in the days of trouble. They know when we're having troubles. People are walking, are watching, are watching how we're walking then. When my dad, my dad and, and mom had a child born that was, that was sick, my grandfather was in a life, almost uh, life threat, he almost died. He, he was in an accident that nearly killed him. And I don't know, there's something else, some, some other tragedy that, that was at the same time. And he was, he was working at the time also, as well as helping my grandfather in the church. And the people at work, he, he used to testify, they were watching him. They were watching him. And one day somebody came to him and said, how can you be still happy when all of this stuff is going on in your life? Well, I think my mother's brother was in an accident that year too. It was a testimony. It was a testimony. They were watching his walk. They knew he was in bad times. They knew he was in trouble, troubled times, that things weren't good. There was no reason for him to be in the natural happy or joyful, or, right? You understand? Well, people are watching. People are watching how we're walking in our workplace and then in, our, in, in, in the assembly here in the body of Christ, that we walk with God in a way that honors him and that shouts out that God is alive in me. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for your good attention. Let's pray together.